Factor. We're talking real money. Hi. I have a question for all of you. You've heard of the seven wonders of the world? You know, it's a big world. Why are there only seven? Just one of those questions to ponder. And the reason I bring that up is because we're going to talk today about what somebody somewhere referred to as the eighth wonder of the world. Oh, you, you, you will be just so surprised when you hear what this is. Hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald, along with uh, the lovely and talented Tom Cock out there on the West Coast somewhere. I'm on the Eastern one. We, we, uh, we try to cover the entire country from the edges. We just we move on in. Uh, 855-935-TALK is our phone number. That's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week phone number where you can call us with your questions or you can send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And what is the eighth wonder of the world, Thomas? Well, I'm not sure I can name the first seven either. By the you way, know, I think it's like the pyramids of transparent. I, I don't know. You yeah. know, it, it changes, but only seven, really? Yeah, that Aren't seems there a like little short. Seven hundred, a thousand, maybe so. Okay, but the eighth, which Disney I World was- is not one of them. No, nah, not not so much, but maybe Disney Shanghai. Could well, be. okay, with that, um, yeah, go pretty ahead. big place. So the eighth, I think, wasn't this? Is this Einstein that called this the eighth? I don't. You know, everything, okay, everything. Right. It's so funny. Everything gets attributed to like one of three people. It's <laughs> Einstein, pretty smart guy, Mark Twain, yeah. or Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. You know, Benjamin right, Franklin we'll once said, Abraham Lincoln. There's an <laughs> Abraham Lincoln once said. Let's make sure Lincoln gets in the conversation. All right. What are we talking about? We're talking about compound interest. Yes. No, compound. Don't change your dial. Compound interest. Yeah. Because <laughs> you look I like, think, oh, great. We're talking about money again. But we need to, t- this is an important topic. I'll tell you why. Because I think pe- most people look at investing as I put some money in something, it makes money quickly, and then I either sell it and buy something else. But there, it, it, it's this idea that it needs to be relatively fast. That you need to pick something that's the right thing at the right time. Rather than most money from good investors really is made with long-term compound interest. Now, what are we talking about? Well, of course, stocks pay interest, right? I mean, pardon dividends. me, bonds pay interest. Yeah. Stocks, stocks pay, pay dividends, dividends, right? So those are things they pay out regularly in addition to the increase of value, hopefully, of those securities. But let me give you a quick example because I looked this up today because people have a tendency to forget these kind of things. If you could make 7% a year, which I still think very few people actually make, but if you did, just think this through. If you had $10,000 a year, you set aside $10,000 a year mm-hmm. for 10 years, and then you don't do anything for 30 years. Okay, so I put a hundred thousand dollars away. Hundred thousand in, and for then 10 I years. and basically I, I'm saving over a forty year time frame. Yep, and you make and you save nothing and after I, the ten and years. And I, I'm smart enough that I built a well diversified balanced portfolio that yep. over time has actually exceeded seven percent. But we're being conservative. Yeah, but let's just say you got and the we're seven. saying seven. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Right. You end up with about one point one million dollars. Eh, that's not bad, so ten, right? Ten, not 000, eleven times your money. Pretty good. But let's just assume, well, oh, I can't do the $10,000 a year. I can only do $2,500 mm-hmm. a year okay. for 40 years. Every, and okay. I'm making the seven. You end up with half as much. 
Okay, so what you're saying is that the power of compounding lies in the beginning. Yeah, it's all about started. the beginning. This is the part that I, most people think, again, invest. Well, I'll, that's something I'll do when I'm 50. I don't need to worry about that today. Mm -hmm. No, it's actually completely opposite of that. You should be doing it as soon as you have money. We would say as soon as, by the way, you have earned income, start that Roth IRA because that's going to be tax-free growth. And it's all about the time. Well, People have a tendency, I think also, Don, when it comes to investing, to be impatient. That hasn't made any money lately. That thing hasn't worked very well. It's a, and instead of saying, this is a 40-year window, that's, not a five-year window. That's because they, they are so indoctrinated into this idea of investing as a game, investing as sport, investing as winning and losing when that's not what we believe investing to be. And this is another reason why we are such strong proponents of the idea of instead of giving your kids a bunch of junk at Christmas or on their birthdays, if they have any earned income whatsoever, we're talking about your older kids, the kids who really, you know, they, 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 they don't need a toy anymore. What they need is a future. And why we believe it's so important to put a little bit of money in a Roth IRA for them, which will grow tax-free at maybe that 7% or whatever you can get for it, for the rest of their life. It's, it's incredible, the power of that. And again, people have a tendency to forget that part of investing. Well, save something, <laughs> invest it, and then be patient. I mean, because most people still don't save anything. They don't set anything aside. Ah, there, there is the is the uh, the dark side, as it were, of compound interest. The dark yes. side, because most young people they you know, they spend everything they earn and more. Therein lies a problem. Because now you're dealing with compound interest in reverse. The power of compound interest can be used for both good and evil. And you will find that if you're carrying a lot of debt year after year after year, as the credit card companies want you so desperately to do, that uh, you're paying out a ton of money to them that could have been working for you. So compound interest works both ways is what you're pointing out. It could work. Compound interest is a dual edged sword. This does add one more aspect that I think people have a tendency to overlook, especially for younger people. Yes. Save something. Yes. Invest something. But the third part is it generally makes sense to take a little more risk when you're young because the difference between making 7% a year and making, well, basically nothing if you're in a savings account is huge, especially over the long haul. So when you start out in putting something in stocks and we're going to want it to be in an index or index type fund, you really do want to be taking that risk at a young age and taking advantage of all of those years of compound interest. Think how happy those young people will be done. You and I will be long gone by then, but they'll say, Don McDonald told me to put something in VT 35 years ago. Good decision. 
Well, let's. I I, I want to use another example that I think will 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 help illustrate the power of getting started early. Let's say you've got a fifteen or sixteen year old. Let's say sixteen year old. They've got an after school job, and they just earn five hundred dollars a year. That's all they earn. It's just a part time thing. But you, because they have five hundred dollars of earned income, can now every Christmas instead of buying them the video game that that you just bought them the previous one the year before. Right? Uh, take that 500 bucks, put it in the Roth IRA in a diversified portfolio of stocks because they're young. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to crank the number up because I believe that if they have a diversified portfolio of stocks, they can actually beat 7%. I think they could beat 7% pretty substantially, but let's use eight. We'll just use one more percentage point. You do that and you encourage them to only do that for the rest of their life. That's all they ever put away every year for the rest of their life. They're still going to be looking at a third of a million in that Roth IRA. Wow. And that combined with their 401ks and other things, it, there's just so much power to doing this early and to, to doing it regularly and to instilling the habit in your kids. So anyway. Yeah, it shows them the power stuff. of all that. And by the way, that it might make up for how many times you were mean to them. Like, you know, all the time in the closet yeah. or didn't do oh, yeah. things I was, wanted to. I'm kidding. You know, I had four. I had to spread the mean around, though. I was, uh, <laughs> uh, so did I. Eight, five. Way, oh, that's true. You just got you just got the fourth one a little later than the rest of us. <laughs> eight, I'm, tr- I'm not as mean as I used to be. I hope. Eight, five, five, nine, three, five. Talk is our telephone number. Eight, five, five, nine, three, five, eight, two, five, five. You can call in questions there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or you can send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com, as did this person. So, Tom, are you ready for another question? I hope this is an easy cheesecake answer, so yes. Well, they're always, for some reason, they're, they're, they're always somewhat complex. And I don't think people would send them in if they were really easy, because okay, they probably already know the answer. So here you go. Um. Oh my goodness! Did we? Ready to oh, write. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've got a. I, I grabbed the wrong one. I. That's all right. Here we go. That's too hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is about Roth conversions. A common refrain in the personal finance world is "Do a Roth conversion. The money will continue growing tax-free, and the withdrawals will be tax-free. All true." However, there is hardly any discussion about the impact of taxes and possible penalties that have to be made up front. Like everything else, the Roth conversion decision is not universal and has to be analyzed at the individual level. The key variables are tax rate at the time of conversion, tax rate at withdrawal, <laughs> like we know that one, and years to withdrawal. Also, whether the upfront costs are paid from pre-tax or post-tax savings, something we talk about a lot. I have not found a calculator that will address these issues. I created my own spreadsheet to measure cash flows and net future values, which illustrated the dramatic difference when using different variables. In my particular case, a Roth conversion is not advantageous. A simple example, converting $500,000 at the age of 55 will incur a withdrawal penalty and possibly a 25% tax liability. One would have to leave the funds in the converted Roth for a substantial period of time and have a higher tax bracket at withdrawal to break even and come out ahead. And of course, assuming speculative bets on future tax brackets and rates of return, your thoughts. 
Well, okay. First of all, if it's a conversion at a 25% tax rate, probably does not make sense. That's a pretty easy one to me. That's, you know, okay. Number two, generally conversions work best when the aforementioned tax rate is lower. So let's assume you retired early, and I'm saying early, like in your early 60s, you have this big pot of pre-tax money. You've got now basically no income, right? Because hopefully you're not taking Social Security at 62 or, or so. Your income's way down here, very, way low, and you're able to move money pre-tax to, to Roth and pay that lower tax rate. And you pointed out something again, Don, that the author writes correctly. You got to have the money to pay the tax. We don't want you to pay that out of the retirement assets. No, because you're taking away valuable potential tax deferred or tax free growth. We just read a piece about this and we may talk about it in an upcoming podcast or show that this is, again, this is something that people make the assumption that, oh yeah, I should do Roth conversions. And a lot of advisors say, yeah, you got to do Roth conversions. It's not that simple. Uh, Michael Kitsis wrote this piece that, that we just read and he points out correctly, it it, it, it's a very complex calculation. It should be done with, I think, a fair degree of, uh, <laughs> of examination rather than just saying, yes, I should convert that money. And it's probably a year to year rather than saying, well, here's how it looks for the next 20 years. It's probably a, you know, I wake up the first of the year, what am I going to do this tax year? And by the way, that could depend on what tax rates are, right? They could change again. So it's more complex, I think, than many people sort of think, check the box, I'll do the Roth conversion. And, and, and again, you, you hear people say, do a Roth conversion because they're going for the easy answer. They, they just want it. They're, they're moving on. They're, they're soundbite people. We believe, and we believe this for almost every issue that you present to us, that the correct answer in almost every case is you're not going to like this answer. It depends. Yeah, which I think are sold out now in Florida. But, um, oh, sorry, that was too easy. Well, Man. there's another paper shortage thing or something now. Man. Apparently, toilet paper is a problem. Anyway, you and your so, bad yeah. jokes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's oh. early. Uh, I'll get warmed up. I'll no, be you worse won't. Even no, later, no so. you, you won't. You, you won't. You, you won't. I, I've sorry. been working with you for way too long, and I just know it won't happen. You keep promising and promising, but you never change. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I, my my brother got here yesterday and he told my daughter, you have no idea how similar Tom is to his dad. And she goes, wait, grandpa was that bad? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> kinda, grandpa, kinda hurt, so. grandpa was a king of bad puns too? He, well, he was way he worse passed it I, down I think, to dad? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm why, hoping he was why didn't dad me. pass it down to you, uncle? Because I don't live with you. <laughs> He's an educated man. That's why. So, yeah. All righty. Well, um, anyway, it depends. And that's really the big answer. Depend. Almost yeah. everything. There mm -hmm. is no really solid, absolute, no doubt about it, rule of thumb for pretty much anything. I mean, I think the only things that we can say are pretty much rule of thumb is that the sooner you invest, the better off you're going to be. The diversification pays. And um, that, uh, you can't count on anybody but you. That's pretty much it. You well, really I think third, you could you could still make the argument that costs do matter. Costs absolutely. Costs matter yeah. because the less you, you pay, the yeah. more you are likely to make.
But continue to send us your questions. Either call them in, which we love, at 855-935-TALK, or send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com, or if you have a really complex one, those get a little hard to answer on the podcast. So that is why, rather than leave you all out there hanging, we decided to make our lovely band of merry advisors Tom and Don and their band of merry advisors available to you for a little bit up to an hour maybe more than that you better start paying us it's only fair uh we're in business to make a living we're just not getting rich are we are we getting rich yet no yeah, yeah I didn't think so yeah no check the coin coin drawer yeah uh, yeah I look too good today you know, so. I still have my uh my 20 Five-year-old, uh, you know, you want to lo- you want to see a chair? These these Herman Miller Aeron chairs. Those are nice chairs. Yeah, yeah. this chair is twenty-five years old. Wow, not a problem with it. In twenty-five, it is built, durable. It I is like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't it was wasn't cheap, but it's durable. All righty. Anyway, so uh, contact us at vestry.com. Get in touch with one of our advisors. They'll meet with you for free for nothing. No obligation, no sales pitch. It's not like that. You're not going to get hit with a sales pitch. And uh, keep listening to the podcast. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, acquaintances, strangers you bump into on the street, whomever you care to speak with. And um, join us again for another edition of the exciting Talking Room that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.